All right, guys, uh, this is Paul Hastings from the Compelled Podcast, and this is a special behind-the-scenes interview with uh, me and my wife. And we've never done one of these before, but uh, that's what we're doing right now. Um, at the end of the previous season, so about two months ago, we wrapped up the season and we invited everybody who was listening to vote on what type of content they would like to hear uh, in between our seasons. And uh, the majority of people voted that they wanted to hear a behind-the-scenes interview with uh, me and Sarah, just telling the story of how the show came about and the story behind it and everything. So that is what this conversation is all about. Uh, we're not using our, you know, our, our regular uh, editing effects or anything like that. This is just a raw conversation with me and my wife, Sarah. Um, and so we're just going to share a few things that are on our heart. Um, so that's what we're going to do here. First off, I'm going to pass it off to my wife, Sarah. Uh, Sarah, you want to introduce yourself and tell listeners about where we live and uh, who, our, who our kids are. Well, I'm Sarah and... I am married to Paul. We have four children. Adeline is our oldest daughter. She's six. Lucas is uh, our next child. He's four. We have a three-year-old, Eliza, and a almost 10-month-old son, Brendan. Yes. In fact, uh, people might even hear him crying in the background. Ho hopefully not. But yes, we just got him down the bed. Uh, we also live in, near the Austin, Texas area, uh, and we go to church with a great family of believers uh, in Georgetown, Texas. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's kind of our family in a nutshell here. What we're going to do right now is uh, we're going to go ahead and share our testimonies, how we came to faith in the Lord, um, and and then kind of from that kind of lead into how we started the podcast. Um, I'll go first. Um, so. I grew up in the Austin area my whole life. I was very fortunate to be raised in a Christian household. My grandparents were believers. My parents were believers, and my grandparents lived next door, actually. And so I was just exposed to the gospel from my entire entire childhood, really. Um, not Nothing too crazy or anything going on. I remember when I was about probably four years old, I came back home from church one Sunday, and I think the sermon must have been on hell. And the big takeaway was that, for me at least as a four-year-old, I was going to be separated from my family and never see them ever again. And I just remember being horrified and, you know, like, oh no. And, you know, it's, I remember going to my dad and just sharing with him, you know, what was on my heart. And again, I'm like four years old and he used a Jack Chick track um, that had like, you know, these five little uh, fingers on a glove that would color different things. And uh, he just led me through the Lord in that. And so that's when I made a profession of faith. Now, uh, fast forward though, because I think when I was 13 years old, I then had my first uh, experience going away from my family for an entire week. And I went to this thing called Awana Camp, uh, which was a great experience for me. It was the first time I was ever separated from my family. And I loved it. I just loved being on my own and being my own person. And, you know, I could eat all the camp junk food that I wanted to. It was a great time. Uh, but at this camp, uh, they had, you know, morning devotions, evening devotions, afternoon, you know, prayer time and things and all sorts of things were going on. And I remember just noticing that there were these other kids at the camp that appeared to have what seemed like an actual, you know, like they were spending time in the Bible, just reading it, even if they weren't required to. And that just struck me as like, what? You know, people actually do that? And and I think it was at that camp when I really realized like, hey, was this faith that I, you know, professed in? And I knew all the Sunday school answers. I, I was like the, you know, the clubber of the year, like four times in a row and all this stuff. But like, I, you know, was it my faith? Or was it my parents' faith? 
And so at 13, that's when faith really became real for me. And that's when I realized like, no, this has to be my faith. I'm choosing it. So whether I became truly a Christian at age four or 13, I think only the Lord knows that. But after 13, definitely that was a, that was a, a, a turning point for me. And then uh, probably at age 18, I came to a, a fuller understanding also of kind of God's nature. And that's kind of been an ongoing journey uh, ever since. And that's, uh, that's my testimony there. Uh, Sarah, but what about you? Uh, well, Paul and I have similar testimonies. I also grew up in a Christian family and grew up going to church my whole life. Um, I am from Wichita, Kansas, so not not from Texas, but grew up in a church and in a, a good family that loved the Lord. I remember making a profession of faith when I was very young, um, but probably didn't really understand all that went into that at the time. Um, maybe just understood little pieces and parts. Uh, and I struggled a lot moving forward from there with doubts. As a, as a little kid, I would um, either have bad dreams or just lay awake at night um, thinking about maybe some type of sin that I had committed during the day and just worrying that maybe I wasn't saved and that maybe I would um, not spend eternity with Jesus. Um, I remember getting up a lot of times during those times and talking to my dad and trying to have assurance, but, um, and maybe, maybe finding some relief sometimes, but then just going back to doubting and, and more doubting as I grew older. Um, I remember one point when I was 12 that I was struggling with doubts and while I was talking with my dad, he shared, um, a scripture from Isaiah with me that talked about um, how all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags to God. And I think that was the Holy Spirit really used that scripture to help me understand that I could not um, earn my way to salvation, even though I, I could have always told anyone that or recited, you know, pretty clearly how to how to be saved. I think I was functionally really relying on my own good works and just realizing that even if I could do good things, um, good things in my own mind, that those would not be good enough uh, to save me. That got my attention and helped me understand, I think, um, God's grace a little more fully. After that point, I struggled a lot less with doubts, had a lot more assurance of my salvation moving forward. Um, so I think that was when I was saved and um, God has continued to work in my heart in different ways and different facets ever since then. I've been really grateful to be um, in Austin in the church that we're at it has been really pivotal for my faith um, moving forward. Uh, so Sarah and I grew up, you know, kind of separated by 500 miles. Ironically, we were both on the I-35 corridor. I was in Austin. She was in Wichita. Uh, and eventually we met each other about 10 years ago. Uh, we ended up dating and were engaged for about a year, grand total. And we've now been married for uh, eight and a half years. Uh, and that's kind of our life there. And, and that's when she came down to Austin. So that's, uh, that's kind of our story there. Uh, so the story next that we're going to go to is how Compelled came about. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. So we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. So when I had done a long career in Texas politics, um, that's what I did exclusively, just Texas political work. Um, 
And I had gotten pretty burned out back in 2018. Um, and so Sarah and I, we'd been married, I think at that point for about three years, we had one child and we just realized that, you know, what I was doing in politics, I was just constantly just, you know, never available with, for the family, always kind of like a, you know, a little upset if my candidates or clients were not doing very well. And anyways, we realized that we just needed to kind of take a step back from that because it was just no longer healthy, uh, at least for me to be engaged in that sphere anymore. And so we took our very first family vacation and we went all the way out to um, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, and while there, we went to the Creation Museum from Answers in Genesis. And then we went to the Ark Encounter from Answers in Genesis. And then we went to the Indianapolis Children's Museum. And at the very end, we capped it off with a trip to the Christian Worldview Film Festival, which that year it was in Nashville. And this year, I think it's actually in Atlanta. But anyway, we went to the Christian Worldview Film Festival because uh, I had a background in filmmaking. We had a bunch of friends there. I think we had some free tickets. Anyway, so we're at the festival and, you know, just being on that trip for about 10 days, this was intentional time away from work. I'd never done that since we'd gotten married. And we just had like 10 days just totally alone. And we'd been praying that whole time, asking the Lord, like, hey, is there something that I can do um, as a career path that is not political? Um, and we were just praying about that, thinking about that. And then I think just being exposed to all of these different creative endeavors and then finally capping it off with the, the trip to the Christian Worldview Film Festival, I think it just really kind of inspired uh, me at least and Sarah to some degree about like, hey, you know, maybe we should create some kind of the YouTube channel or a podcast or something. And well, what would that be about? And we're thinking about it. And then we, and then we just realized because we had grown up in two completely different states, completely different social circles, uh, we just happen to know a lot of people actually, because, you know, again, Sarah just knew all these people from her life and I knew all the people from my life and completely different social circles. So like in some ways, like we knew twice as many people as an average married couple did at that point. And we just compared notes and realized like, man, a lot of these people that we know, they have really cool testimonies. Um, and testimonies was something that I had been attracted to um, as a kid. Um, and so, and I, Sarah, I think you were, had a similar attraction also to testimonies. Um, and so we began kind of thinking about like, okay, well, wh what are we going to do? And um, I thought at that one point, I thought maybe we'd make a YouTube channel of Christian testimonies. But then I thought, well, you know, uh, that's a lot of time and effort and expense to make video. Um, what about this new podcast format? Uh, because that's, you know, it's audio only, you know, how hard can that be? Uh, famous last words there. Uh, and so that's uh, kind of how we decided to, to start a podcast about Christian testimonies. But Sarah, do you want you want to talk into how we came up with the name Compelled? Yeah. So we were just brainstorming um, different ideas. I think we were looking through a lot of different scriptures, just trying to find some kind of concept that would encapsulate the idea that that God is the one who is behind all of these stories and they're not just stories about random people who did amazing things, but they're really stories about God doing amazing things through people. Um, and we, I think, I'm not sure how, but we came across this verse in Second uh, Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ compels us since we have reached this conclusion that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. And, and really, I think it was just this idea that, um, you know, again, like people that uh, have been transformed, they are compelled in to, to live a certain way, actually. And so that was kind of the 
recurring theme that we saw between all these people with these really cool testimonies that not only you know has some crazy thing happened to them, but God worked in an amazing way, and now their life has been transformed, and they are living their lives compelled to live for the Lord. So. Um, that's kind of uh, how that happened there. Um, and so then uh, we thought, okay, we'll do this podcast. It's going to be called Compelled. Uh, and so we got to go book our first round of interviews. And so um, we started reaching out to personal friends of ours. So most of season one, most of those people are people that we just knew from our childhood or teenagehood. And uh, and that's how it ended up happening. And so uh, I remember going to our very first podcast interview, episode number one with Linda Strom. You can listen to it even now. And uh, I had no idea what I was going to do. Sarah, you had encouraged me to, oh, you know, you should like research ahead of time and everything. And I was like, no, no, I'll just roll in. And I, I don't want to know exactly what I'm going to say. I just want to kind of go with the flow and let it be natural and everything. And, and then I get there and uh, I had no idea what we were doing. And I thought it was going to be like a 45 minute interview. And instead it was two hours long. And then we had to ship that back to our editor and he had to condense that. And it, uh, so anyways, that's the story of how we did our very first interview and how uh, the show came about. Uh, last thing we want to talk about is just kind of the impact of the show. Um, and, uh, you know, if you go to our website, you can look at our impact 2023 tab. And that just talks about the number of folks who listen to the show and different countries we've been able to reach. And um, I'm really excited about the restricted nations we've reached out to and everything's like that. But um, one of the other cool things is just hearing from listeners uh, how when they hear some of these stories, again, of other Christians, just the way that they've been encouraged in their faith. Um, not too long ago, maybe about six months ago, we got an email from a listener who shared that she had been suicidal, uh, had struggled with that for maybe about three years or so. And at one point she was sitting down with her pastor uh, and his wife. And I believe the wife, uh, while they were doing counseling, I believe the wife had shared with her some of our compelled testimonies. And, uh, and, and she wrote us many months later after that, just saying that the Lord had used that as one of the instruments of healing for her in her life, which uh, we just thought that was really cool. And, um, you know, again, I think it's the Lord is at work through these stories. Um, we just want to wrap this up with just kind of sharing how the Lord has used Compelled to impact even our own lives, actually. Uh, Sarah, you want to go first? One thing for me is it's been really encouraging to me to just hear such a large volume of stories where God's worked so powerfully in people's lives, especially people who have been through really deep suffering. That's been an encouragement to me as we've been through suffering on a much smaller scale, just being able to remember so many instances of how God has been faithful to other people in really dire circumstances and just gives me a lot of faith in our own suffering or or even friends suffering that that he will be faithful to us and help us through whatever hard things um, come along that we can trust him. It's also really neat uh, getting to be on the other side of the podcast, even though I'm not nearly as involved as Paul is with it, but getting to meet some of these people um, and just see how genuine their faith is. Sometimes you hear these crazy stories and it feels like they are larger than life and that maybe those things don't happen in real life, but that actually just being able to witness and get to meet some of these people in real life and see how they really are genuine in their faith. God really has changed their lives. God really is supporting them in their suffering or whatever it is, but getting to see just the realness and of people's people's faith um, in a little different way than even the people that get to listen to the podcast just through meeting some of the guests and and hearing Paul talk about them, a lot of the friends that he's made. I feel like just the the small part that I'm involved, it's strengthened my faith in really big ways. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think for me also, like uh, as Sarah's alluding to, you know, like, you know, when I go and do a recording session, um, you know, I hear so many more stories that never, you know, actually end up on the show because, uh, you know, I'm sitting there with the guests for like two to five hours. And in fact, a great example is I just got back from a trip to New Orleans about a week ago. And while we were there, we recorded 15 interviews. And when I came back home, I just had a, a much deeper appreciation for the power of prayer, actually. Um, and I don't know if that's all going to come through in all of the episodes that we're going to release from that cycle, but so many of those particular testimonies, so many of them stood out because of how God had worked through prayer. Um, and so it was just like, wow, that was really encouraging uh, about prayer. Uh, another time I was up in uh, Dallas, maybe about a year ago, and a similar deal also, like another virtue for the Lord just like really stuck out to me uh, from that particular trip. So um, anyway, that's something I, I've just been personally impacted by this show, uh, even though it's not the content that we're releasing, uh, just the fact that we're getting to record this and I get to hear it all, man, that's been really encouraging for me also. Well, hey, we're going to wrap this out now. Let me just drop a couple final announcements for you guys. Uh, and so I teased a couple of these announcements uh, in our last uh, special episode that we dropped with Laura Perry last week. And so here is the big news here. So first off, um, you might have been wondering like, hey, when is the next season of Compelled going to come out? And so the, the deal is, is uh, we are going to launch our season seven premiere on February 1st, that is just like, what is that, five days from now, uh, six, seven, eight days from now? February 1st, we're going to launch our season seven premiere, not on this podcast, though. It's actually going to be hosted on the Culture Proof podcast. It's with our friends Will and Miki Addison, who used to be longtime radio hosts on American Family Radio. They've got their own podcast now. It's called Culture Proof. If you go to cultureproof.net, uh, you'll be able to listen to our season premiere with them on February 1st. And uh, I'll be on there sharing a few more details with uh, Will and Miki as well. Um, so that'll be a ton of fun. Make sure to tune in February 1st to hear our season seven premiere. Uh, if you are not able to make it to the Culture Proof podcast at that point, then you can tune in on our regular podcast. That's gonna drop on February 5th. That's a Monday. So Monday, February 5th, that's when we'll kick off season seven here. Um, and then finally, if you've been aware, we've been raising donations for the rest of our 2024 episodes. So we are hoping to release 20 episodes this year. Um, we have raised about 68% of our budget that we need to kind of raise to kind of hit all those numbers there. Uh, we've got about $16,000 left that we're hoping to raise. So $16,000. If you've been already been one of our donors, then thank you for playing a role in that. We are grateful for you. And thank you for, for helping us bring these stories to life. Um, if you want to get involved and be a part of that, you can just check out our website, compelledpodcast.com slash donate. And that'll take you right to our donation page. And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it out. And we'll see you guys back at the Culture Proof Podcast uh, for our Season 7 premiere on February 1st. Otherwise, we'll see you here February 5th with another compelling story. We'll see you then. One last thing before I go. If you'd like to meet up this year in 2024, I will actually be on the road for a few events, either speaking or exhibiting at some conferences. I am still nailing down all the details, but already I know that I'll be at the Texas Homeschool Convention in Fort Worth from April 18th through 20th, the other Texas Homeschool Convention in Houston from May 30th through June 1st, the Home Educators Association of Virginia Convention in Richmond from June 6th through 8th, and there's also the chance that I might be at some other events in Louisville, Kentucky and Nashville, Tennessee later in the year, but we haven't finalized those details yet. If you live near any of those locations, then I'd love to meet you. 
You can also see our latest up-to-date calendar of events at our website, compelledpodcast.com events. And I hope to see you there.